Welcome to Many Talks Podcast, talking all business, entrepreneurship, property development, finance, and investment. Reese Many here, host of Many Talks, series two, season two. Um, we've got some great guests, and we've been talking to a lot of my followers um, and people who they want to see um, on, on the show. So today I've got a serial entrepreneur, um, Matt Haycock, self-made millionaire in his early 20s. Um, successfully transformed a suffering family business into a profitable one before or then after launching his own um, chain of lap dancing clubs um, called Wildcats. So, Matt, thanks for coming on. Thanks for giving us your time. Thanks for having me, buddy. Good to see you. Um, and, and it's pretty good that we've connected and, and we've come on because since, since talking um, and, and being connected on various social media platforms, I've seen that you've been doing a lot in the downtime that we're in at the moment um, and you've been giving a lot back. There's a lot of, there's a lot of self-made millionaires and entrepreneurs um, that like to keep their opinions or they like to keep things close to their chest. Um, and, and the reason that I launched this podcast, Matt, just a, a little bit about why we've done it is just really for brand awareness and, and to help more importantly, people that are on that path because, you know, entrepreneur like myself, um, and yourself, you know, it's a lonely place, isn't it? Yeah, it certainly can be at times. And you know what, 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 our, what we look to do is just for them people that you know coming to a crossroads, been told, you know, oh, you didn't get the right GCSEs, you, you, you're not, you, you, you weren't very good academically, um, blah, blah, blah. The, the, the stuff that you do get told at school, some people, some people pass with flying colours. Um, you know, oh, you're never going to make it. You're, you're never going to make a success of yourself outside if, if you don't knuckle down and listen to what we tell you at school. Um, did Did you have a background like that, Matt? No, I'll be I'll be honest. I actually I actually came from a came from a good upbringing. Uh, I mean, I, I I had I had two uh, successful parents in their own right. Uh, I mean, I mean they 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 were first generation success, or, or my, my father particularly was. Insofar as uh, I mean, they they both come from uh, you know they both come from council estate. Uh, you know, uh, lack lack of family education backgrounds. Okay. Uh, you know, my, my old man was the first person in his town to go to university. Uh, uh, and and he and he set up his business probably when I was well let's say he'll have been about thirty uh, I, I'll have just been about born so so when I when I was born uh, I, I guess you know I was born into what would have been a, a very very normal normal family at that point yeah as as time went on my dad's business became more successful um, and uh, you know and and as a child I can never deny that uh, that we went with sorry that we didn't not go without or or I can't pretend we went without if you know what I'm saying um, but um, never never flash as, as in you know we, we'd always have family holidays I, you know, I'd, I'd get get whatever we needed uh, yeah. but you know we didn't have a life of a life of private jets and and uh, and, and excess so and that my parents were very much uh, educational focused uh, I think part, partly because um, my mum particularly hadn't been able to get the educational background she'd wanted, so I guess she almost wanted to live her life through me. Uh, and also, I think my dad, as a successful employer, um, 
came from an era where if you didn't have the qualifications, you know, if you didn't go to university, if, if you didn't have that background, you would you would very struggle, very much struggle to get you know to, to get employed and to get. You need to be. Say again. So to to get where you you need to be, your upbringing was sort of pushed in that direction that. You need your qualifications. Yes, but I, but but it never. It's funny because whilst I came from that background, it never suited me. In, in, so far, <laughs> in, so far, in so far, I never wanted. You know, if it was up to my mom and dad, I'd have I'd have had probably five or six or seven years of education, uh, and I'd have been a doctor or or a partner in a law firm or something like that. Yeah. You know. I, I, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur, a business owner. I was always very entrepreneurial as a kid. Um, I guess I when, got to... When you, just, just to jump in there, Matt, when you say that you was entrepreneurial of a, as a kid, give us some examples of, of, of what... Some examples of how you describe yourself as an entrepreneur as a kid. I mean, I mean, I guess, I guess, you know, if we if we go go back to our the, the early days of you know the, the stereotypical entrepreneur stories, it, it, you know, it, it'll have been been the likes of, uh, of 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 buying in bulk from the tuck shop at school or, or selling or, the sweets, sweets <laughs> down, but being, yeah. being the first one to get into the queue because we, you know because I always knew that the queue would be too long and would prevent people wanting to go, so I so I'd I'd find a way to to get myself to the front of the queue. Buy a load of stock and then go and then go and sell it at d double or triple back in the classroom yeah. because people didn't have to queue for it. Um, but then, then I guess as time went on, the first uh, my first business venture I actually re remember being a part of uh, or, or remember doing was um, I was about fifteen or sixteen, and the internet domain names uh, were, were just really getting prominence and rarity, and, and it, it was being seen as real estate. And a friend of a friend. Was the guy who bought SpiceGirls.com, uh, and yeah, I mean, this is like what are we? Uh, this is twenty-five years ago, um, and 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 I'd I'd seen secondhand this guy who bought this domain name for a hundred quid, then leased out email addresses. So if you wanted to be Reese at SpiceGirls.com, you know, I, I, yeah, I don't know, I don't know if you, want to, <laughs> if you if you want. ResearchSpiceGirls.com, you know, you could buy a domain name for a couple hundred pounds a year. And then he sold it for a big six-figure sum. Um, and and I, I thought, oh, this is, this is how I'm going to make my fortune. And I was a, a Natalie Imbruglia fan. And I was very ex very surprised and excited uh, to see that NatalieImbruglia.com hadn't been bought. So I bought it for the five or ten or whatever it cost to buy it then, and I, and I and I thought I was then going to make a website out of it and and sell it back to uh, sell it back to Natalie's uh, record label or to Natalie, which would make me my fortune and introduce me to Natalie, and I could then probably spend my foot my newly minted fortune on. <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> and yeah. run, run off, run off into the future together. But um, unfortunately, her, her record company um, saw it as blackmail, and yeah. and, and also, it, I guess it wasn't really a concept that was really understood back then either. But they just couldn't get their head around how somebody other than Natalie could possibly own this domain name, and we were going nowhere very quickly. Yeah. And uh, a fellow fan uh, bought me out for about seven hundred quid or something at the time. <laughs> <laughs> he tried his luck. 
<laughs> I still made a profit. I still made a profit. Uh, maybe not what I wanted to in the first place. Uh, and then you know, I, I put I put on club nights. Uh, you know, I, you know, uh, I, w- I became a local promoter. Put on club nights. Mm-hmm. You know, did did, did anything I could do to try to try and uh, try and make a few quid? I, mean, I, used, I used to work down the markets. You know, but buying buying and selling product from wholesalers. Just anything I could do to 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 kind of get my hands on on hands on some money. Um, and I know that you know many entre- many stories of successful entrepreneurs and are very much very much grounded in the fact that they came from nothing and 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 they they had to you know, fight for everything they, that they've got and that's what you know that's what made them who they are today and that wasn't my story in, in, in that i came you know i came from a great background uh, and, I, and i had successful parents but it's i was funny just, though. i was it's just funny so though, because it was the same i come from i come from 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 a good background as well um it wasn't the i come from a, a bad background it was the I got told at school, you know, academically, you're, you're you're not the top of the class, you know, blah 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 blah. You, you you're going to struggle when you when you leave school, and I, I think that made me more determined. Um, and I think you know, there's there's a lot of people that sit and go go through, and they it's a big decision to start your own business. It's it's a big decision to to go it alone. And the reason that I thought you was a great fit to come on and talk about your um, and 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 for you to give some advice and to help some people. You know. Sorry, mate, but right. my, phone, my phone's on silent. But someone FaceTime still comes through. Bloody um, connection. Just 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 to go back, the reason that that we thought that you'd be a great fit. I mean, in two thousand and eight, um, as we said on on the introduction, a self made millionaire in your early twenties. Plaid money in in between 2003 to 2008 into a business topping around, you know, three million a, a year at its best. But then in 2008, um, you know, things things turned for the worst for yourself, being declared bankrupt, disqualified from from being a director, um, following the financial crash in 2008, and you bounced back and building an empire again. So we just thought, especially in this economic climate, there's going to be a lot of people. Right now, because we understand the coronavirus, uh, COVID nineteen, but deep down, there's, there's going to be more repercussions than just this virus. We're going to fall into, in my opinion, a recession um, mm-hmm. if we're not already in it. Um, and there's going to be hell of a lot of people that are going through that situation that you experienced. Um, and what could you tell them to to help them? Uh, at, at this time and how did that feel from being at the top of your game you know i mean let 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 let's be honest um early 20s chain of strip clubs um, lap dancing clubs whatever you want to call it. it's going to be a, it's going to be a young kids uh, making money um a young kids dream and then all of a sudden financial crash comes along and and everything comes tumbling down Around you, you know, it must have been an emotional place for yourself. Then, I mean, you, you've got you've got quite a few questions in one there, and a, a, a lot, a lot of things, a lot of things. I'd, I'd probably like to add some value on answering. I mean, I mean, if we go if we go back to the two thousand and eight situation, um, I mean, yeah, you know, very long story short, uh, off the back of the lap dancing, I'd built up a. a, a, a 
pretty large local business empire that was in retail and leisure, uh, finance, uh, events, all, all kinds of different things, because, you know, this was very much the time of easy, easy money, um, but both in terms of consumer spending and access to money from access to funding from the banks. Uh, and and it was my first cycle in business, if you like, and I never really knew it any different. You know, I'd find an idea I wanted to I wanted to uh, do. I'd ring a funder and the money would be there two days later. I mean, it, re it really was that easy. And uh, and I guess as as unrealistic as I was for my future, uh, but I guess I had an excuse. I, I I hadn't been there before. You know, I think the the funders were as were as guilty as the entrepreneurs were back then because because they you know they just dished it out too easily because mm. they thought it was always always coming back. Yeah. And and. Ultimately, we were over leveraged, completely over leveraged, far too much debt, uh, you know, far, far too aggressive repayment terms. And in, and in mid June, you know, June, July 2008, when when the financial crisis was taking uh, taking hold in 2008, our funders started to close their doors, couldn't advance more money. That effectively, you know, that, that effectively stopped the train for us. And, and I had to go back to all my funders to, to negotiate new terms going forward. I always maintain that if this had have happened a year or 18 months later, because bear in mind, 2008 crash lasted you know, for a good two, good two or three years. I was, I was literally on day one of it. I went to my funders and said, right, guys, I've got 45 million quid of the debt. I need to renegotiate this with you. I, I never asked anyone to take a haircut. I, I was simply saying, I can't pay you over three years. It might need to be five or seven or 10. Continue to charge me interest. You know, continue to default me interest, whatever you want. But you know, there's no point expecting the capital in a short period of time. And 90% of these people basically turned around and said, we don't need to do a deal with you. We've got your personal guarantee. I said, you've got, I've given 45 million quid worth of personal guarantees. You know, what planet are you on to think yeah. these are going to get paid? And a few people negotiated down, but still 70% of the people stood on and said, no, we want our money on the, on the terms that you've agreed. And the reason I say if it had happened a year or two later, I, don't, I think we'll have been telling a different story, is because at that point, no one had taken any pain. No one had taken any carnage. A year or two later, they'd been beaten so badly from everyone they'd lost money. If I'd have turned around and said, listen, guys, you're getting 5p in the pound, take it or leave it, they'd, they'd, they'd have been patting me on the back and saying, yeah. saying job well done. Um, but they didn't. So um, we started to get get calls on the business. The businesses went into admin. And as soon as I got a claim on my personal guarantee, there was no point defending it because if he didn't take me, the next one would or the next one would or the next one would. Um, so I was I was pragmatic about it. I mean, you know, we did consider options like IVAs and, and, and um, you know, uh, other kind of credit negotiations, but it was unviable. And I was made bankrupt in September 2008. Uh, that lasted for 12 months, and obviously since September 2009, I've, I've been out of bankruptcy. Um, but, but I guess going back to the feelings and stuff at the time, I mean, yeah, you know, June 2008, I've got a fleet of cars, multiple holidays, houses around the world, and a, and a one-year-old daughter. Two months later, three months later, I can't pay the mortgage, and, and, and I'm swimming in an amount of debt uh, that was I mean, it's unthinkable at any age, never mind 26. And and, and I guess all the all the um, advisors, you know, the people in the net, all, all their advice really, well, not even advice, but commentary was, you're finished. You know, it, once you're bankrupt, your career's over. No one will touch you again. Um, you certainly won't do business again, and you'll be lucky to get a job. 
But I guess you know, I always get asked this question about you know how how did I pick myself up or how, you know what what's my advice? Yeah, to I suppose other... it's got to be it's got to be um, you know from from going from where you was to realizing that you need to go bankrupt and then somebody an advisor in a in a position that's meant to be advising you saying, well, after you've made this decision, you're finished in business everything that that must be it's like a double whammy isn't it i mean it's 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 it was very much a double whammy but i I guess i guess my attitude to myself was was again one of pragmatism really uh and and in that i've got a wife i had a wife and a a one-year-old daughter that needed providing for and i and i did not want to be poor um, you know, and, and yes, I could, I could have, I could have wallowed in self pity and, and and consigned myself to a life of Jeremy Kyle on 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 the sofa, but um, it 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 just it just was it just wasn't me. Um, and, and I think you know, whenever I get asked, you know, to give other people advice in this situation, you know, I, I'd never have these fantastic motivational speeches to give. For me, it's just it's one of simplicity and pragmatism. Do you want to sit on the couch, being skint, taking advice from people who don't know what they're talking about? Or do you want to get out there and take another take another swing at the bat again? And, you know, I, I would be saying to people who are 47 talking to me about this now, you know, you've still got multi- multiple, uh, you know, m- multiple swings of the bat left and, and a lot of life left, left ahead of you. Yeah. At 27, you know, I, I'd had a ten, an eight-year business career at that point. You know, learned more than most people had learned in a lifetime. And my peers had just got out of uni. So, mm. so, so if you put the bankruptcy aside, I really was very much at the start of my journey. Um, yeah. And 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 for for me, it was just it was just like I said, a matter of simplicity and pragmatism. That you know, I know I know where I've gone wrong. I don't how, want to make. How did it affect you? How did it affect you from bouncing back? Obviously, people telling you. It's done. People won't do business with you. You've obviously proved a lot of people wrong. Um, but there is a lot of scaremonger out there. People do say, you know, if you go bankrupt, um, you're finished. You, you, you know, no one's going to do business with you. What was that journey like? So obviously we've spoke about it come crashing down and the emotional and, and obviously a bit of advice of just roll your sleeves up and get on with it. But what, what was that? How do you, how do, you do that? I think there's people's reactions or the way people behave with you probably falls into three camps. Um, and, you know, let's say at, the, at the, the good end of things, I had investors and partners that I worked with, on, you know, first time round who who either hadn't lost money or knew that I hadn't done anything malicious or underhand. And therefore, my relationships were, were as intact as they ever were. Um, I've then got people who don't know any different. And then I've got people who uh, who don't want who wouldn't want to do business with me because of what they've heard or what they've read in the paper or seen in Google. And you know what? What do you want now? Twelve twelve years on from that, you know, I still get people, obviously a minority of people, but people will still look at a Google article from twelve years ago and not (laughs) and not want to do business with me. Um, but uh, you know, obviously, it used to hurt me back in the time. Now I find it laughable. Like, seriously, you know, we're, we're, we're actually going to talk about something that was lo- longer ago in my lifetime that, that, than I'd, act- I'd actually been in business for up, up, up until that point. But, but I think my, my advice to anyone really is, 
um, there's, there's always more than one person that you can that you can partner with for your business. There's always more than one person uh, you can you know use to achieve your your goals and your dreams with. Um, I want to say more than one person. The world is full of people, and I guess an analogy for me would be like having one girl say she doesn't like you, or even 25 girls say they don't like you. Well, you know what? Does it make any difference to your ability to go on? To go and pull a great girl, no, because there's so many other you know, so many other ponds to go and fishing, or you know, go up an age bracket, down a hair color, whatever it may be. You know, there's there's always more. If you if you know what you want and you know how you're going to achieve it, there is always people out there to do business with that you know that 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 will that will see the good and the and the productive and what you're trying to achieve. I think the biggest takeaway from there is, is as you said, is is knowing what you want to do and being tunnel visioned and and staying staying in your lane. There's a lot of, you know, there's there's a lot of expertise out there that selling courses and, and telling you how to do things um, that you know that have never actually done it before. Um, and, and the biggest takeaway from from what you just said is you know people can tell you, oh you're gonna struggle, you're gonna do this, but if you've got ultimate faith in your ability and you've got a plan and you take action, the only person, in my opinion, that's going to stop you from getting to where you want to be is yourself. Completely. And I think as well what you said a minute ago, that there's there's many people who are you know, giving advice and selling courses, you know, who've never who've never actually done any business. I mean, it's funny because I, I, I got I got into a tangle with a journalist about 18 months ago, you know, writing a grotty article about me, um, which which was off the back of him finding out I was a mentor and an advisor and this, that, and the other. And he, he, his speech to me was basically, what right have I got to, to, to be giving advice, business advice to people mm. when I was declared, you know, when I was declared bankrupt 12 years ago or when I had businesses yeah. run into admin. And, I, and I, I was almost just laughing at him saying, if anything, it gives me more right than anybody else. Because you had the experience. I've had the experience. I can talk about things that nobody else can talk about, and I think also very importantly, I've never, I've never hidden anything. You know, I've never been hypocritical about any of these things. I, I mean, I won't say I wear it like a badge of honour, but, uh, no, but, 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 you, but you talk about it. You come on, you come on a live and um, a, a podcast, and I see you doing live Instagrams, and you know, you, you're talking to people about it, and and you're telling people that you learnt from these mistakes. Um, and what you are showing, in my opinion, is that there is life after. You know, the only people that don't make mistakes are people that don't do nothing. 100%. 100%. You know, you've got to be prepared for failure. You've got to be prepared to take these blows. And, and as you said, there is journalists that, that just want to, want to write an article because, you know, bad press sells papers. Good press doesn't. 100%. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and, and if you, you know... When someone's already got the pre, their preconceived ideas, you're never you're never going to knock them down. So, you know, so 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 there's no there's no point trying. But um, but yeah, you know, for, I mean, for anyone listening, for any for anyone who's worried about taking a chance because you're worried about you know the, the, the potentially negative financial consequences, or for anyone who's al already been through it, you know, all I can say is, is just get back on that horse as quickly as possible, and you and use your learnings to 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 make sure you're not going to do it second time around. I mean. What, you know, in today's life, uh, I, I'm a lender, and one of one of my expressions I, I always say to my team is that is is that we don't learn anything unless we lose money, and and I think I think that is the same really on any aspect of business because when things go right, 
okay, it's great that they've gone right, but you kind of don't really know why they've gone right. You know, they've, you know, mm. they, could they have gone right if you'd have done things a different way? I mean, you just don't know. It's just gone right. But when things have gone wrong, it then gives you the ability to actually sit back and analyze why they've gone wrong. And it then really only is a failing if you, if you then go and repeat those same mistakes. But, um, you know, it's almost it's cliche to say that, you know, we never, you know, we, you know, we, we never fail. Uh, you know, we just learn new ways not to do things. But 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 it is so true. Uh, and, and, and as long as you try and make sure that the risks you take don't you know, don't uh, create absolute catastrophe, then, yeah. um, th- th- then 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 you should always be taking steps forward. Yeah, no, I agree. Just, just moving on, just obviously, as you said, mentoring and advising and you are helping. Um, entrepreneurs, young investors, whoever wants advice or whoever needs help. Um, what advice would you give to business owners that are either struggling with the impact of, of the virus um, or, or have concerns moving into the recession that we're, we're looking to, to come into? Uh, yeah, I've had a lot. I've had a lot to say about Corona, oh, not Corona, but a, 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 the, the the economic situation now, and uh, you know, I, I've, I've I've actually gone from, let's say, advising people of how to get through it to almost becoming excited, excited about what, what, what we're in now. I mean, I'll, I'll say a few things. I mean, f- f- first of all, my immediate advice to anyone is, uh, is, is, is to accept the situation and, and stop moaning about it. You know, until, until you accept it, you, 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 can't, you can't then put any plans in place to, you know, to, to either improve your personal or business situation. And, you know, we're now three or four weeks into this, you know, still, still being the person moaning on Facebook, joining WhatsApp groups, et cetera, is going to do nothing but, dr- but drive you mental and keep you in the wrong mindset. I mean, I mean yeah. Obviously, I've got loads of mates where you know where I'm in various groups, and I and I literally I don't even read the press. I don't even read the newspapers about Corona uh, or the Corona situation because I certainly don't get involved in a WhatsApp group. But even with newspapers, where you think, well, they may be better qualified to teach to, you know, to tell us what's going on. I guarantee you, the Mail will be telling a different story to the Sun, and the Sun will be telling a different story to the Times. So, as far as I'm concerned, you know, it is what it is. I don't know when lockdown is going to end. I don't know if it's going to be three weeks or three months. I'm pretty sure it's not going to be three years, but you know, we, we, we know it's going to be for a period of time uh, that is substantial. So, so then once we've accepted, we can then adjust. But I would also say you've got to be really, really honest with yourself and, and your situation and your business because I, I strongly believe that, okay, the longer we get into this, then the, the less – this applies, but certainly in the first two, week or two of lockdown, you know, I'm saying to business owners, if your business is struggling now, it's not struggling because of Corona. It's struggling because you've got a shit business. And unfortunately, you know, we've fortunately or unfortunately, we've had a, a large availability of capital from alternative lenders for the last two, three or four years. And there's, and as far as I'm concerned, you know, a large part of UK SME has been bankrupt for the last two or three or four years. They just haven't had anyone who could push them over the edge yet. Um, but, but, you know, they get a week or two away from making the payroll and a lender drops in and gives them some short term money or, or, you know, or there's always a, a bill they can defer. But, you know, when, when you're a business owner and you, and, and, you know, you're making 10 grand a year, 15, 20 grand a year and, and, 
struggling to make the payroll at the end of the month and breaking your back year after year after year, you know, in the nicest possible way, you haven't got, you know, you haven't got a business, you haven't got, you haven't got a viable, sustainable business. And all Corona, all the Corona situation has done is, is really prove that you can't survive without, uh, you, you don't have enough uh, fat on your back or ca cash on your balance sheet to survive a week or two without cash flow. So for me, there's there's two business types here, or probably three or four. But you know, we've got the businesses that were going to fail at some point anyway. Anyway, and and and, and the Corona situation has just started to provide some cleansing, and and for those guys, again, you know, they need to accept and be realistic of the situation, and and not try and you know not try and get another government grant that's going to prolong the agony for another another two or three months, you know, and and maybe stop them going bankrupt just before Christmas. They need to accept that that business model doesn't work, and what changes can they either make to that business, or do yeah. they need to go to a new business, or maybe is it time to get a job because there's you know, we all know how stressful it is running a business. And if you're working seven days a week, 15 hours a day, uh, and 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 you're and you're just about making the payroll and making yourself a couple of grand at the end of the month, what are you doing it for? Oh, you know, I mean, yeah. that, 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 there's there's got to be better. There's got to be better ways to live your life and make a living. But I then think, you know, th th there's the next group of business owners who, and very much like myself, where yes, we've got problems. I mean, I've got businesses in the leisure sector, for example, where you know where we can't trade at all. So yes, those businesses are closed, and uh, and, and the staff are furloughed, and we're waiting to waiting to reopen. But you know, for me, as long as the fundamentals of the business are strong, whether it takes a month or six months to get out of this, we will open strong again. You know, so take take some of our bars. You know, if if we've got a bar in a fantastic location in a busy city centre with a great concept, then okay, it's not nice that we're not making any money now. But when we reopen the doors, you know, people people will come back to us. Yeah. Uh, if we were a crap pub in a terrible location that serves bad food and warm beer and has just about been struggling to keep the lights on, then then the business was due to fail and they're the businesses that won't come back. So I think businesses with strong fundamentals are going to come out of the other side of this. Yeah. Um, I, I, now, now, your next task is what do you do during this, lock, during this lockdown? And for me, it's all about making the changes to your business that you probably should have made anyway. Uh, you know, uh, it's very thinking time, doesn't it? It gives you a lot of thinking time. <laughs> and I think it's very, you know, a, a conversation I've had with a lot of my successful mates is when you're making a lot of money, it's very easy to absorb unnecessary costs. You know, if you're making, to say you're making 100 grand a month, whether you're making 100 or 90, you know, it doesn't make it doesn't make any difference. You, you you don't really know. So that member of staff who might be costing you a couple of grand a month, or that yeah. expense as a grand a month, you just swallow it because whether you make eighty eight or ninety one, don't make any difference. You don't care. It's only when the money stops coming in that it that it gives you the focus that you actually should. If you were doing a proper job, you should have actually had the focus to, to look at anyway. it anyway. But yeah. now, but now it's making its focus and. And, you know, so, so we're making a lot of changes to the business model that I know will bring us out of this a leaner business. You know, we, we are learning how to work from home. Both it's tough, though, isn't it, to make to make them decisions? You know, you could have people that have been working with you for a year, two years, six months. But, you know, when things are going well, like you said, let, let's look at that bracket of, you know, things are going well, you're spending um, you've got some costs that I suppose you could you could lean down if you was doing a proper job as as you put it. But now the cash flow stopped. You're looking at it. You know it is tough for business owners 
to make that decision, you know, and say, well, you know what? I have kept you because things have been going well and that two, three, four grand a month, you know, wasn't wasn't much wasn't really missed. But now it is. It it puts people in a in a in a tough position. So if people are in that position, how do they go about that? I think I think I think two answers to that. I mean, listen, making the tough decisions is your is your job as a business owner. I mean, you know, there's no two ways about it. If if you if you are going to be successful in business, you've got to identify the identify the fat and cut it. That 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 is a fact. That 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 has to make you. That is the only way you're going to be a strong yeah. business owner. But then I think from from a human and a compassion level. Uh, it's almost like two separate things. I think you have to make the hard decisions to run the business. If you're going to be make, are you a business or are you a charity? Because if you're a business, you've you've got to make these make cuts. Yeah. But from a personal level, um, you know, I, I I don't think it ever gets any easier. I mean, listen, I've I've been doing this for twenty years, and and I think anyone who who says it gets easier to fire people or or it gets easy to easy to you know to to cut this or cut the other is is completely void of all emotion uh, because. I think even even when I know it's the necessary thing to do, uh, it's 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 still you know very it, it still hurt. I still have a sleepless night the night the night before I do it. Um, and you know I, I don't. Does that make me weak or does it make me real? I, I don't know. You know. I mean, it doesn't stop me doing it because I know it's the right thing I need to do. But I I absolutely I absolutely hate having to do it. And and that, that's that's my only advice I can really give to anyone that I think you know don't don't mix compassion and commercialism i think you know you've got to be as commercial as you need to be but you know but, but there's but there's also nothing nothing wrong nothing wrong with being compassionate and i think if you if if you're not it probably i think you probably will be a as long as you can be honest about it and, re, and re, realistic with yourself you will be a better business person if you have compassion and you have emotion and you and you have all all the other emotions to bring to it but ultimately at the end of the day you've got you've got bills to pay and and the way i always try and I don't know, not justified to myself because I think it's a fact is that by carry, carrying excess fats or keeping staff that shouldn't be there, uh, you're not actually being nice, nice to that member of staff. You're actually jeopardizing all the other staff because, yeah. because you know, you're, you're, you're either pissing them off or you're, or you're risking the business on the fact that you're, you are wasting money in, in areas that shouldn't be wasted. Yeah. No, I, f I thoroughly agree. Um, and you know it is about tough decisions, and that's that's what makes somebody. That's what separates um, businesses from businesses. Um, obviously, a, a question that that I want to ask you is: What do you think is the most difficult thing about building and growing a profitable and successful business? I don't even have to think. <laughs> Staff. Staff. <laughs> Staff. You know. Yeah, recruitment. I, th I think. It's I think funny, it, everybody says the same. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's, it's funny because you can't grow a business without them. I mean, I mean, I mean, that's the first thing I'll say to anyone. Yeah, yeah. And, and any anyone looking to grow a business without staff is is is, is being unrealistic or or, or 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 deluded. I mean, look, okay, yes, you can earn yourself a nice living, and you can you can run an outsourced business, and you can be a one man band, but you can never, you know, you can never be a big big business. Um, 
if you don't if you don't take on staff. So you you know you, you've got to get your head around that. Um, but um, but w without doubt, you know the most difficult thing uh, in a business is both recruiting the right staff, making them do their job as they're supposed to do it, uh, and, and 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 dealing with them and managing them on an ongoing basis. Yeah, it, it is tough. Um, and and another question that I've written down here that I wanted to ask you personally. Um, how do you define success? And um, two, two questions, really. And what qualities do you think an individual actually needs to become successful? Well, I think to define success, uh, I think it's important to uh, it's important to define it based on your own metrics. Um, and I, you know, I always say that you know you're only successful if you have achieved your targets of success. So you know if you if you set out to make a hundred grand a year. And you make a million pound a year, then you're very successful. successful. If you set out to make five million pound a year and you make two million pound a year, well, then you're unsuccessful. But 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 by, by by your own metrics. But I think and it's people maybe naturally gravitate towards cash. But I, I think you know you've got to decide what are your metrics for life success. And if you want to make a million pound a year and be a great dad and a great husband, and you make five million pound a year and you never see your wife and your kids hate you. Well, then you're completely unsuccessful. So I yeah. think for, for me, the, the, the important the important thing is is to set what's right to you, and don't let anybody else set your success metrics. Um, but then, in order to achieve those success metrics, uh, you've, you've you've got to, you've got to have a plan, uh, and you've and you've got to have the determination and drive to you know to to, to kind of single mindedly stick with it. Mm. Yep. Yep. Um. What, what's next for you, Matt? What's, what's your long-term goals? You know what? They, 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 they kind of, they kind of change, change on a change on a, a weekly, monthly, monthly, annual basis. I mean, uh, at the core of everything I do, I'm a lender and an investor, uh, and, and and that will never that will never change. Uh, you know, I, I I have a business model that works works well in order for me to be able to achieve great returns on my capital or other other people's capital, and I and I really enjoy uh, the the fact that every day is a different day. You know, look, look, look looking at a different business to invest in or to lend to so I, I can't see me ever not doing that until the day I drop dead but I think parts of my day today that's changed dramatically is is the mentorship and the advice side of things now which yeah. I fell into by accident um, you know I guess it, it really came came as a byproduct of building my personal brand um and you know, obviously people have always asked me questions and i've always given answers but i'd never i'd never really seen or set out to be a, to, to be a mentor in, in in a formal sense and and i do now get a great sense of satisfaction uh from you know from the messages i get uh you know from people who who say they've they've made a, a change to their life or their business because of, of something i've told them or someone who's watched a video or even in the last two or three weeks of lockdown, I do a live every night where people jump on, and I'm seeing the same faces come up, come back time after time, asking yeah. me questions, and then messaging me the next day saying, "Because of what you told me last night, I've done this, and it's now generating me my first customer, or I've opened a social media channel, Good or whatever." Right? Say again. Good feeling. Good feeling. A great feeling. Yeah, great, great feeling. And like I said, I'd never set out to do it. Uh, and I don't know where it's going to take me long, long term. But, you know, but for, for me, I definitely want to create a business model in that space. Because, and listen, you know, there's not, there's, 
nothing wrong with me admitting it. I think as much as I love the the altruistic side of it and helping, you know, um, I, I I also want to make money at the same time. And yeah. and if I can if I can help others and help myself at the same time, then 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 then, then we're ticking we're ticking two boxes at once. So I would definitely say watch this space in terms of the of the the advice and the mentorship and 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 the, and the growth of other entrepreneurs. But behind behind the core of it all, yeah, I'll always be a lender. Okay. Um, if any of our listeners or followers want to reach out to you for advice or um, catch you on social media, how, how do they do that, Matt? So I'm um, the Matt Haycox pretty much everywhere. That's T-H-E-M-A-T-T-H-A-Y-C-O-X. I'm very active on social. You'll get me on Insta is my probably main thing, but I'm on Twitter, I'm on Facebook, uh, and I've got a growing YouTube channel as well where, where, you'll, where you'll see lots of videos. And I always love to hear from people genuinely, like like your comments, like your questions, and, uh, and like your DMs. So please, please do get in touch. Fantastic. Well, look. Matt, it's been a pleasure for you to come on and I appreciate it. Um, some good value there. Um, and thanks for coming on and we'll catch up soon, yeah? Thanks for having me, buddy. Great to see you. Cheers, mate. No problem. So for now, what I want to do is thank you for listening. Subscribe, leave a review. Look forward to speaking to you on the next podcast with some exciting guests coming our way.